You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. And I asked them to help us, we the living who are here now making choices in every single day. I call out to these who have gone before us to help us to make better quality choices, to learn to be better humans, and to engage with each other and our world in new ways, new ways that rise to the challenges of our own time. So I ask these ancestral helping spirits to help us to lean into those things that have not changed and need to be cultivated and need to persevere and to open our hearts to what is new and the innovations that are trying to move through us and do this in a way that is good for all living things. So as we call out to these ancestors to be with us, the living, to help us to be the people that we were born to be, I ask you all to reach beyond the human ancestors and recognize there's more going on here on this planet than just us. And let us reach out to those ancestors that are not human, never have been, and frankly, do not want to be. Let us reach out to those energies that have been here longer than there have been humans and carry a much greater perspective because these beings will also be here after us. So we call out to the mountains and the rivers, to the trees, the animals, the insects, all that is in the sea. We call out to this great web of life and its profound diversity and all of the wonder and the harmony that Earth offers us as we look at our entire globe. We call out to these energies, these old ones, these wise ones, and we ask them to help us to recover our own true nature so that we can find our place in this great web of life. So with all of these ancestors making their way in to circle around us and help us in this day, let's take responsibility for ourselves and reach up and draw ourselves into our mind from wherever we might be, most likely multitasking, doing seven different things. Let us draw our energy in. And with the next breath, draw ourselves down from our head to our heart. And the next breath from our heart down to our belly. And as we settle in in this moment, simplify and focus, let us reach out to the earth and take a moment to give thanks for this day, to give gratitude for life, to wonder at this incredible experience of being alive when change is always possible, as long as you are breathing. And we give gratitude to the incredible generosity, complexity, beauty, and diversity of the earth's dream of life and we are grateful for this honor to be part of it and with enormous gratitude to the earth we reach down reaching down from our place here on the surface of things down from our belly all the way down in through all the layers of the earth to the very center the very belly of the earth and anchor ourselves firmly there and in this way we choose to ground ourselves in this day And to reach into those energies that draw their strength and power and clarity from darkness, 
from that which renews, restores, and replenishes. These humble energies that are at this great restoring root of all things. We reach out to that energy that is present in all the many facets of life here on earth. That it is that which enlivens and nourishes and sustains all of it. And we draw this energy up into ourselves with enormous gratitude to the earth. We draw up the wisdom of manifestation so we can understand how to be here in form in a good way. And we draw up these energies that replenish and renew ourselves to revitalize us to face this new day. And as we give gratitude to these energies, we ask the energies of the earth to help us to understand where we stand, who we are, what we stand for, and to allow these things that have heart and meaning for us in our lives to be the thing that motivates us as we take a stand, we build our home, we create our families, we connect with our friends, and we build our sense of place, our sense of belonging, and our sense of home from these things that are true in our own heart. And as we do this, let us be sure that we open that circle of our own heart to those that are different than we are that are other and invite that energy in because it is in that exchange that we will all grow into the people that we were really meant to be and so as we invite energies in that are different than we are and embrace it and welcome it into our lives let us recognize that this is a way to practice coming into a kind of wholeness and right relationship with all aspects of ourself And let us reach out to come into right relationship with the earth and the environment around us and right relationship with the invisible world. And as we do this, let us settle in and open ourselves to that possibility as we connect to all things to feel that sense of oneness. And from that sense of oneness, draw that inspiration for our true understanding of who we individually are in this great web of all things. And from that place, let's raise our energy up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind. Reach all the way up to the highest power of the universe and beyond. By whatever name you know this energy and whatever way you conceive of it, reach beyond it all the way up to that which is the source of great radiance and inspiration and illumination. And let these radiant energies come down from above into your head and your heart and your belly, bringing into your being inspiration, illumination, innovation, creativity, bringing in the benevolence of our universe, the energies of blessing and protection. As we draw these energies down and send them all the way down to the center of the earth, feel the energies of earth and sky come together in that great and ancient relationship of the sky and the earth, the yin and the yang. And let these two great legendary lovers and the love that they share fill you and let it awaken the spirit of your own human heart. And in your heart, stir that heart up and open up the crucible of transformation that exists within you and draw up your own fiery passions for why you are here and draw down the crystal clarity of your responsibility to figure out how the hell to do it. Let these energies mix and merge in your heart and know that it is there in your heart that your compass rests. 
and let that fiery dance of why you are here and how are you going to do it to help that compass move and point you in the right direction. That is right for you to be able to bring who you are to this world, to bring your unique gifts and make them manifest in the world. And let us give gratitude to all the energies around us that support us in that and their many forms. May what needs to be said be said here today, what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. So welcome everyone to Why Shamanism Now. Here we are. It's the first uh, live show in a bit. And just to remind those of you that might be new listeners that um, our focus has shifted in our second decade um, of Why Shamanism Now to creating live online courses for you, the Why Shamanism Now audience, Um, and to... Uh, reorganizing the Why Shamanism Now website so the archives are more available to you to use as a source of teaching and guidance in your life. And so we have um, not only our original mission, which was original content to help people understand how to apply shamanic practices to their contemporary life, uh, but to do this now in this next level of offering ways for you all who you being this global audience to come together, to learn skills, to connect, to create uh, a deep and felt sense awareness that you are not alone in this world and that we together can make profound and lasting change happen, not only within ourselves, but in our world. So, These are the efforts that we're involved in today, and as you know, or maybe you don't know if you're listening for the first time, why shamanism now existed for the first decade and continues into its second because listeners like you donate to the show. So if there is anything in this show that moves you, whether it moves you to frustration or inspiration, please know that you've been moved and that movement in your heart then motivating your actions in the world is the essence of shamanism. And so I invite you to let that move you to donate to the show in some way through the Why Shamanism Now website or to donate something other than finances to the show in a way that helps the show to grow. And you all are better at social media than I and can figure that out. And I am deeply grateful for all that you do, every humble donation and every effort that you make on behalf of the show. So here we are today. Uh, Our topic is escaping the bully victim pattern. And as I said, we are live today. So if you have questions about today's topic, you are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 or to Skype in at the co-creatornetwork.com site. Or as always, you can email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. All right. So this bully victim pattern is surfacing publicly as we begin to confront the reality of internalized yet unconscious patterns of marginalization. So this would be ways that we unconsciously um, other people that look different than we do, people that uh, maybe are in a different social class, um, issues, deep, deep deep-seated issues of sexism and racism and all of these systemic injustices that 
many of us, uh, all of us, most likely, have internalized simply by growing up in the environment we grow up in. All right. So this is what I'm talking about by unconscious, internalized and unconscious patterns of marginalization. And when we're unconscious of our own deeply internalized patterns, we often bully others unintentionally. We are unaware of our rank or privilege or power. Um, And by the way, these are not new ideas. Arnie Mandel and the world work, um, uh, I'm spacing out, uh, process-oriented psychology, sorry, had a little moment there, um, have been talking about these things literally for decades. And so there is a lot of background and good work for people looking at this issue of rank, privilege, and power. The only change now is not that we are suddenly seeing it, but we're suddenly realizing we need to do something about what we're seeing, all of us, myself included, of course. So what happens here is there's this unconscious um, way of bullying that we're unaware of because we're not being accountable for the fact that we have rank or privilege or power in a situation. And so the bullying happens. And these days, people that get bullied um, are feeling much more able and willing to risk speaking out and letting us know they're feeling bullied. And what's happening is the bully is tending to collapse into a pattern of victimization, a kind of an, oh, woe is me place. Um, How could you possibly accuse me of this? I'm such a good person. And this is, of course, happening because the person really isn't conscious of what they're doing. Okay. And what the what collapsing into the victim pattern does is it means everybody else has to do your emotional labor and this dynamic is popping up all over the place and what is interesting about it other than the fact that it's profoundly crazy making when it's being when you're experiencing it in others and it's pretty crazy making when you're doing it yourself. It's hard to figure out where reality is when you get into that pattern. The biggest issue about it, what's really interesting about it is it's keeping most of us from being able to move on to the next step of the conversation. So in other words, if women are saying, you know, I'm finding this behavior really abusive and 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 men are going wow i never thought of it that way wow i i i reflect back and realize i have been unconsciously doing this what's next like what's the next step in the conversation how do we get there how do we get there around the plethora of systems of injustice that we're navigating every single day and so This bully victim pattern is interesting to me because I've seen it in every spiritual community I've been part of and in my own community. And and so the reason that's interesting is that these are people who are doing the work, who are really strongly identified with all of the you know, time, energy, and other resources they've put into their own psychological and spiritual and consciousness development. And yet this pattern is right there. And so what's happened as one of the many beautiful side effects of 
the new online class this year, which was the Shadow Transformation Protocol, which is a live online uh, process from a very different perspective than most shadow work of doing actual live shadow transformation. One of the side effects of this work, other than it actually accomplishing what it's meant to do, is it's helped me to see the steps that are necessary to help people lever themselves out of this kind of bully victim pattern because it tends to be um, tends to loop pretty hard, throwing us back and forth. Um, you know, the bully steps up to rescue the victim. The bully gets uh, identified and collapses into the victim again, and it tends to throw people back and forth a lot. And it also shows up in people that are endeavoring to deal with their childhood trauma, which is sort of doubly awful because it's almost like re-traumatizing yourself in this flipping back and forth. And so it, it, it really is something I feel, oh, we could all just take a great big deep breath if we could get our hands around it and begin to transform it. Okay. So one of the most fascinating examples of this pattern I see in this this contemporary goddess culture, and I'm not naming any one particular group, but just this overall movement in which largely white presenting women have uh, are being asked to look at their unconscious bullying of women of color within the movement. Um, and instead of using the very skills cultivated within the movement to look, often what is happening is those that are being sort of identified as bullying, collapse into a victim place demanding that those who accuse them do the emotional labor for themselves and the entire movement in the goddess culture. I find this particularly fascinating, troubling, but fascinating because the goddess culture itself exists in reaction to the monotheistic male god culture, which is kind of the biggest bully cult ever invented by mankind. So it's... um, a great orgy of bullying. And so so what do we do? We're the grown-ups, right? What do we do? So like I said, I've been watching this in my own student community for a while. Um, and in part, this is because of a predominant whiteness in my community. I admit to that. And so because that uh, largely the community has the kind of rank and privilege and power that white white presenting people simply are given in the United States, the bully victim pattern happens in the community. Um, And again, it's odd, I think, because these are people that are really engaged in high-level transformation. So if they're doing it, then it's got to be even worse out in the world where people um, are choosing to disengage from raising their conscious awareness and transforming. You know, so who's going to start taking responsibility for growing up emotionally and stepping into spiritual adulthood and moving us into these next parts of these big, huge conversations that need to happen here for humanity? Okay, so first off, let's remember the playground when we were children, there, we played games, there were things to play on, and there were bullies and there were victims liberally sprinkled about the playground. Um, and so the pattern itself isn't a mystery. There's a lot of uh, information about the pattern, that it's um, 
the external result of a specific internal and unconscious situation. So the internal self, the one who is living close to the soul, knows that there are shadow selves that need to be transformed now. And so there's a bubbling up from within, but the conscious external self isn't going there. And that internal dynamic in the person is part of what um, bubbles up this quality of insecurity because we know bullying is overcompensation for an insecurity. So in cultures of people that are involved in transformation and are largely not acting out of their childhood insecurity because they've done work around that, why are they still being insecure and bullying? And so what I've seen in observing this this huge movement of almost 200 people moving together through the shadow transformation process online, what I've observed is how this bull under the insecurity under this bully victim pattern is arising out of the internal self the 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 soul basically the one that is wanting to grow and transform saying i need you to deal with this shadow stuff all this stuff you shoved into shadow i need you to deal with it now and the i is saying no way the I who's making the choices and driving the consciousness is saying no. And that creates a dissonance between the internal and external self, which makes us feel insecure, right? Because we're not congruent. So there's an inner insecurity. And this victim state is particularly toxic um, when it's happening in uh, systems of uh, – being woke or conscious or whatever, where people are strongly identifying with being the good guys, with being the answer to the problem, basically, and don't want really, really identified with not seeing in themselves how they're part of the problem. And again, myself included, I'm not pointing my finger out. I'm just trying to talk about how do we who are gaining skills in a movement of consciousness and transformation you know, being better humans, how do we do it even better, right? Okay, so as I said, I'm seeing this because I'm, I'm being as a side effect in this really beautiful uh, work that's being done in this big online course, the Shadow Transformation Protocol. Okay, so this, there's a particular sequence then that, that people have been allowed to engage in uh, sorry, let me say that differently. There's a sequence people have engaged in by virtue of doing the shadow transformation that has allowed the bully victim loop to get broken, right? And so that's allowing people to move out of I'm doing my personal healing so I feel better, you know, so I'm not triggered and I feel comfortable in myself. It's helping people move into doing their healing because they are motivated by making medicine for the world, for making medicine for their community, you know, for being that force for the healing and transformation that needs to happen. So specifically what I mean is being that person who can move the conversation into that next step, as scary as that's going to be and as uncertain as that's going to be. Who's going to be that person? What if it could be you? You know, how do we get there? How do we become those people? Okay, so... 
bullying is aggressive. The kind of bullying we're talking about is emotionally or psychologically or spiritually aggressive, not necessarily physically aggressive. Okay. Um, because when we think about the bully on the playground, we're, we're talking about usually about a kind of – well, we used to be talking about a kind of physical aggression with bullying on social media. Now we're talking about this emotional, psychological, uh, cult, um, click-based aggression. Okay. So what's important in it is recognizing there is an imbalance of power or at least a perceived imbalance of power. Um, so the bully uses their power, which might be physical strength, um, but it could be uh, emotional – uh, or psychological or spiritual rank, privilege, or power. They're all kinds of strength. So basically using their strength, whatever that is, to um, embarrass um, or control or harm others. And the power imbalances can change over time and can change in different situations, even if they involve the same people. Um, and so when we're talking about children, that can happen because children develop. So someone who was, let's say, a girl who was flat as a board and hadn't developed, goes away for summer vacation, comes back and develops into a woman in that those months of summertime and comes back and suddenly has qualities that are valued by the dominant system. And so it may change how she's bullied or not bullied would be an example of how that can change as based on things that you don't have control over. But the most important thing about bullying behavior is the repetition that this behavior happens more than once or, um, is, or there's a threat that it will happen. Once it's happened, there's a threat that it will happen more than once. So it's sort of like, um, uh, blackmail and bullying, um, includes actions that are threats, spreading rumors, attacking someone physically or verbally, um, or attacking a group or a purpose, you know, so it, it, it really does exist, um, in these very finely parsed, sophisticated ways when we start talking about adults involved in spiritual or psychological growth. Okay. So, let me talk about the remedy, essentially, for this, okay, that I, or a remedy, let me put it that way, a remedy that I have had the opportunity to witness in these last few months, okay. So before I say that, let me, let me for people that may be listening for, for the first time and haven't listened to all 450 hours of shamanism now, let me talk about what builds what skill sets build us to a place where we can do shadow transformation protocol okay so first there's energy body mastery so for those of you that have found the energy body hygiene podcasts and have taken the grounding challenge for example um these are the pieces the the podcast that became the the seeds for the online class energy body mastery this class happens every year um, once a year, it goes live and online again. This year, which is 2019, it is actually starting in a couple weeks on September 3rd. And the registration is open for that right now, by the way. So you just go to energybodymastery.com and you can register. It's a live online course. 
Okay, so that's step one, is our energy body hygiene. From the energy body hygiene and your your new skill set to be able to create, cultivate, and maintain um, a really healthy energy body, grounding boundaries, etc., then you move from that into energy body clearing, which allows you to bring the power of your choice to bear on any choice that you've ever made. And so the many choices you made then, and as we all do as children to survive, become accessible to you again to make in a new way. And and that our ability to clear those things that trigger us and bring us back into our childhood. So we have a childhood reaction to our contemporary adult life. So we end we we learn to clear the dynamics within ourselves that make that outward dynamic happen. And this is energy body clearing. Extremely effective, takes no special shamanic skills, and that's the class that follows energy body mastery. And this year that class will be happening in November, and anyone who has taken energy body mastery has the prerequisites to take energy body clearing. Right. So everybody who did shadow transformation protocol had, had done these. Okay. And so what I want to point out here, especially for those of you that are parents, this is a little sidebar to today's talk because today's talk is about grown-ups, okay? But a little sidebar about children because, of course, we all know bullying is horrific for children these days in the United States. I don't, I don't know about other countries, but in the United States, it's awful. It's worse than when I was in school by orders of magnitude, Okay, so what's important to understand with energy body clearing, energy body mastery and energy body clearing is these are skills children can learn. Let me say that again. These are skills children can learn. And this is why it's important there. Well, there's I could do a whole show about all the reasons it's why important for children to learn it. But what's most important is bullies dominate, blame and use others. This can be changed, whether you're the bully or the victim, by learning energy body clearing. That, that the, the very childlike insecurity that is inspiring the bully behavior can be addressed through energy body clearing. But it's important for parents to understand that. These are skills children can learn to do. These, these are skills that can change your child's entire experience of childhood. And so building on that, we need to understand that people, any person who is unconscious of – willfully unconscious of their rank, privilege, and power will also dominate, blame, and use others. And one of the most direct ways to change that in yourself is to learn energy body clearing. And so those of you who are unconscious of the ways you're actually taking the next step, which is allowing your wounded child to basically drive your decisions in the world, you you create a situation in life in where, wherein you either withdraw – which is a kind of emotional domination. Or you overcompensate, which is my favorite. That's, that's what I'm guilty of, right? 
to, but you emotionally dominate, you will emotionally blame, and you will emotionally use others to do your, do the labor. And this situation can be changed by learning energy body clearing. And so this skill set, as fundamental as it is, is a way for us to begin to get at the actual time these patterns get created in childhood, you know, by kids having a way to deal with what's going on in their world, by grown-up kids who aren't behaving like grown-ups. And so this this piece, you know, which is goes live again in, six, uh, in September 3rd, is valuable for multiple reasons. Okay, so with that said, these are the fundamental skills for the shadow transformation class that I was talking about. Okay, so people have the, these advanced energy body clearing skills, which is the third level of that. And then they're taking this new offering of the online course called Shadow Transformation Protocol. Uh, the wild power of the fierce and unyielding heart. And that course will go live again next year. Not, it's done, it's almost done for this year, 2019. It will go live again in 2020. Okay, but for now, what, so what I'm observing as they're very diligently and beautifully doing their shadow transformations is that there's a lot of bully victim patterns that arise as the outer expression of these shadow patterns when they were in the, in the shadow realm. Okay. Um, and since we know that that bullying behavior covers insecurity, um, what, what we witnessed or what I've been witnessing in this shadow transformation course is that um, this, this insecurity the shadow transformation work illuminates an insecurity that has arisen anew in your adult life because of uninvestigated or incomplete shadow transformations. Again, because the, it creates an inner dissonance and the dissonance makes us feel insecure. It's like we feel that ground under our feet is unstable because you know the shadow energies are wanting to rise into consciousness, we feel insecure about that because there's all this emotional stuff that and and mental manipulation that goes with shadow energies makes us feel insecure about ourselves, and so we cover that insecurity with the bullying. So this kind of this adult version of the playground behavior. Okay, so this is what this is the good news now. Okay, so first off. In the shadow transformation protocol, shadow selves, so energies that are in the shadow, get rescued by another individual. That is a really key piece of the shadow transformation protocol is the rescue. Okay, but relative to the bully victim, victim pattern, this is what's important. So the shadow self gets rescued from the shadow and brought into a person's conscious awareness. So if I'm the person, you rescue my shadow self and bring it to me in my conscious life, out of the shadow and into my conscious life. So that unconscious insecurity energy is now brought into my conscious awareness and becomes intentionally, consciously, rigorously part of my transformation protocol that I'm engaging in. And so 
the very insecurity that was inspiring the bullying is shifted in that first step of the shadow transformation protocol. So now my insecurity is not hidden, but conscious. So this changes then that dynamic that I was in where I needed to blame or dominate or control to cover that insecurity um, because this insecurity is now being addressed directly. This exposes the need for healing. So now that it's being addressed directly, the actual steps of the healing are being exposed as the shadow transformation is happening. So if I need ancestral healing, for example, for this insecurity, then that can happen. If I need to clear old, old childhood patterns, that can happen. If I need um, specific direct soul retrieval work, that can happen. So we start seeing the, the insecurity or the energy that was at the root of the insecurity is essentially starting to make requests of specific healing that needs to happen in the order that allows this whole mess, <laughs> if I may, to unravel. Okay. This allows us as individuals then to leave this adult playground where bullies and victims are happening. We get to exit that playground um, driven by these unconscious insecurities and move through the gate into grown-up land and move into this, this realm where um, I, as an adult, can take responsibility for my not just my emotions and my psychology and my actions in the world, but also can begin to become truly conscious of my, my rank, my privilege, my power in any given situation, and then ideally choose to use it in the best possible way. And at, the, and, and at least because I'm becoming more conscious of it, to not abuse it. Okay, so I've been talking here for a while about just sort of on the assumption you understand this pattern that I'm talking about. And it can be really subtle in spiritual communities and in um, schools of transformation or meditation communities. It can be really subtle. And so it's very possible that it's not seen because often when it's happening, especially if it's you know, for lack of a better way to say this, happening to us, like someone else is bully victiming back and forth and we're in the fallout zone of that behavior. Or perhaps we're directly uh, in uh, the firing line of it because we're the one that is inviting someone to look at their bullying behavior because it's we're no longer willing to kind of put up with that maybe. So anyway, th this is going on and there's a tendency for two things to happen. One is people to think I'm the one that's being triggered by this behavior. This, this is about me. Let me go into my clearing practice and release, you know, my reaction to this, which to a certain extent is a completely valid response. After that's been done and you, and you have cleared your projection onto that, 
if the behavior continues, then you really are in a place where it does need to be addressed. And so now, now we're in that problematic situation where it's being addressed and the person doesn't want to look at it, right? And so that's that um, tricky place. For example, you know, for let's say a person of color who realizes, crap, I have internalized racism, works on that internalized racism to clear it within themselves and and really has this piece of beautiful transformation to then realize you're still faced with the actual racism that's in the world and now that has to be dealt with. Right? And this is actually what I'm talking about here today, not just the racism piece, but how do we become the people that can deal with that larger system? Okay, so two, let's see, I was saying two things. So one is that, that um, bully victim thing is happening and you're saying, okay, let me look at my piece of this. Let me clear how this is about me. Totally valid. It's not when that no longer bears fruit for your transformation, then it really is something in the world that needs to be addressed. So that's one thing that happens. The other thing that happens is the refusal to become conscious of the unconscious rank privilege and power, which then pushes the responsibility for the work on to others when it's not their work to do. And so it creates a stagnating situation in the organization. This is, um, you know, at its most flamboyant and toxic when an organization has really become a cult, for example, and the leader is not living what they're teaching and people begin to address, address that and it all just backfires as sort of punishment on the followers kind of thing. That's the most dramatic example. But what I'm talking about is really this very interpersonal example. Okay, so let me share a few just so you can understand what I'm starting to ramble about. Um, because the trick to this is really how do we become the people who can say accurately, hey, that's not really mine to deal with or no, you don't actually get to do that to me or when you do that, I feel controlled. You know, when do we get to a place as – communities and cultures where people can say this and others will listen to them and go, oh, wow, I'm sorry. Let me look at that. You know, when do we get there? Like, how do we get there? Okay. So, so one example is a kind of person um, who is deeply committed to and identified with alternative spirituality, ritual life, maybe pagan life, um, uh, tends to be maybe off the grid literally, but sort of off the grid in terms of social expectation and, and, is, and is somewhat identified with that, being, being not uh, one of the straights in that sense, but being spiritually, ritually, um, you know, kind of energetically more, more alternative. Um, there's often in this person lots of energy directed toward learning spiritual teachings, um, maybe time spent with indigenous people, um, and, and, and really endeavoring to live the spiritual teachings. So where's the issue in this, right? Well, in, in their 
identification with alternativeness. Um, for example, in, in in my community, one thing that we have seen is the person bullying others around how they will and won't pay for things, um, where they will and won't stay at retreat centers, for example, when we go into retreat, um, a, a practice of asking for permission so late in a process or even after the fact so as to make the person being so that so the asking for permission is just a technicality at that point, you know. So it's like um, asking for permission for eight people to come and stay on someone else's property uh, after the people are already there. So it makes the person whose property it is look like an asshole, right? <laughs> so it's that kind of asking for permission, but when it's really too late for the person to freely say, "No, that's not really okay with me." So a lot of that kind of um, manipulation around timing, manipulation around having someone else ask the question, the answer is accurate for the person who asked, and then this other person piggybacking um, with that front man, basically. And so getting permission to do something they didn't really get permission to do or being invited to do something they weren't really invited to do. So so this is very um, kind of behind the scenes and alongside what is otherwise, you know, really big, sincere commitment to the process. So it tends to get sidestepped and forgiven and, and not dealt with. Um, but the main reason it's not dealt with is not actually because it's not worth being dealt with. It's not dealt with because of the fact that it's bullying. It takes a lot of energy to stop it because it's kind of like a Mack truck. And when you do, the person collapses. And all of a sudden, someone who's just trying to get through the logistics of getting everybody's payments for a retreat ends up drawn into this victim puddle that just happened because – there was something wrong with somebody's payments, you know. So, so the other reason it gets bypassed um, on other people's uh, shoulders is because it's just too hard to be honest with the person. It takes a lot of energy, and then once it happens, the person falls apart and does the victim thing and makes the whole thing, in a sense, not worth it. However, what that does is it keeps people from being able to be honest. Okay, so. The other thing that happens with this person who's deeply committed to transformation is when their process isn't fruitful and you track to what the issue really is, that's where you start seeing um, where they didn't really do what they say they were doing and they don't want to see that, even though seeing that would allow them to be successful in their process. You know, So then trying to work on their process with them, which is what they really identified with wanting, and then they fall into this victim place. And this never works for me. It's better for everybody else, la, la, la. Okay. So the another way that I see it is in people that are really politically and activist-oriented and really identified with supporting the right causes, especially if they've been doing it for decades. That they, you know, and they're doing all the things. They're knocking on doors, they're educating people, they're working their whole life for the right uh, side of, of social justice issues. You know, again, so where's the problem with this kind of person? 
Well, the bullying is uh, happens when they step in where they're not asked, when they uh, believe that they're they're right or they're better at it, and so they do it on top of the person who wants to basically do it themselves. Um, there's a sense of knowing better, and so honest feedback gets deflected, particularly into the politics, like, oh, you just feel that way because you're homophobic, or you just feel that way because you don't understand what it's like to be me. Like, you just feel that way because you're privileged. You know, and, and that that way of using the politics and this sort of righteous history of activism to deflect off honest criticism or just honest feelings people are expressing about being run over by this kind of person that feels righteous and and in the right place and doing the right thing for the right reasons so somehow that seems like the permission to run over other people and so whenever someone really stands up to that freight train and says no you cannot treat me this way this is not okay then the collapse into the victim pattern um and that victim really starts to thrash when you're really looking back at words how they were said in the context they were said with the timing they were said and really demonstrating to this person how they are doing the very thing they're trying to be an activist to solve so that's another version of it Another uh, that I think is really slippery is the person um, who has really big spiritual gifts. And so their rank, privilege, and power is really in the spiritual realm, not so much psychological and certainly not sort of consensus reality. And so um, that person is very activated in their spiritual gifts. They do, you know, lots of healing work for people, a lot of offerings, a lot of classes, really putting themselves out there to share these gifts with the world. And, uh, I mean, and, and it's not really clear because there's such an emphasis on healing and offering that healing that there's this spiritual ambition going on that covers up the insecurity. And so that bullying comes out of the, the, the use of the spiritual gifts, right? And it's subtle. It's more subtle to see this, um, and the, the qualities of blaming and projection that happen um, when there's this sort of spiritual excuse for things. Um, and so it becomes more challenging to deal with the victim efforts um, to address this because they're almost always um, experienced as attacks or judgments. Because, you know, the spiritual world is already a world that has to be interpreted by us, right? And those who are more, there are some who are more talented at it perhaps than others, but there's others who are more accurate. They may not be talented, but they may have been highly trained and more accurate. And so there's this whole really um, uh, fuzzy world around what's right when we start talking about this whole spiritual world it's very easy to throw your weight around when you have skills and then when you get called on how those skills are being used again to collapse 
collapse into this victim space. You have no idea. I work all my time for other people. You have no idea how hard it is to be this sensitive or to have these gifts. And again, the whole, you're not like me. You have no way of knowing what this is like is used as a way to deflect honest, valid, potentially helpful criticism. Okay. So I hope that was helpful to see, you know, to really parse out, you know, it's easy to watch a kid punch another kid on the playground. It's a little trickier to see these dynamics when they're happening in our invisible world, our emotional and psychological um, and spiritual world. Okay. So let me circle back. Uh, real quickly here. So let me circle back to the process that has worked for transforming this pattern. Let's get back to the happy place, okay? Because it does require a concerted effort and a particular sequence, right? And remember, we're looking at this pattern in people already years into some kind of robust psychological training or multi-year spiritual or energetic healing process of training. Um, And so... So what we're talking about today doesn't necessarily apply to people that aren't even looking yet. It's really talking about those of us who are and how we can refine what we're doing so that it can be more productive as medicine and less energy spent honestly beating each other up. Okay, so this is all just another way of saying, if you want to do this, if you want to really change this bully victim pattern and be the kind of person that can move the communication on, that you're going to need skills and you're going to need to ask for help. That's what I've seen in witnessing the process of these people in this shadow transformation. Okay. So just to recap, the person's engaged in their own consciousness, awakening, developing skills, spiritual development kind of process in the first place. Um, and that they are choosing to do the most challenging part of this, which is to gain awareness, particularly awareness of your own unconscious, internalized patterns that stem out of your rank, privilege, and power. Okay. And so then you see this pattern of bully victim and you want to change it. Okay, so here are the steps. So the shadow energies at the root of the insecurity that's at the root of the bully get rescued and brought into your conscious awareness. The shadow transformation process begins, and in that process, the diagnostic happens as kind of a side effect of doing that process in a good way. So ancestral healings happen, healing the unresolved ancestral energies in ways that are proactive and precise, you know, really get at the thing that is um, blocking the shadow transformation. Elemental rituals get divine to help to move the energies in ways that are not wrapped up in the mind, but help moving it physically and emotionally in the larger picture of things. And soul retrievals happen that are very, again, precise and proactive, looking for particular soul parts that are necessary for the process to continue. And so what happens as these things happen in the order that the process itself is asking for then this original insecurity, the one that was covered by the bully behavior, is available for this current time self to discover who was under that insecurity, who in me was never allowed to flourish 
because I was buried under this insecurity. And as that self arises out of the shadow transformation process, the insecurity is transformed. So the reason for the bully victim pattern is transformed. Tons of consciousness has occurred along the way. And so this person is able then to to become one with this self that never got to blossom because it was under the insecurity, which was then in the shadow, which was then covered up by the bully behavior. Okay. So that's the good news. So we, we actually do know how to deal with this challenge. So why, why have I bothered to spend 50 minutes of your time talking about this? Because honestly, recognizing this in others is one relatively easy, but not necessarily all that helpful, right? Because, well, it's helpful in the extent that you can recognize the pattern for what it is, realize it isn't going to change until that person becomes conscious and chooses to do some significant work. And so you can stop banging your head against that pattern. Do your best to not get caught up in the pattern any longer and, um, you know, just step back a bit from that person, let them flail around in their pattern and just be with them at a distance that you don't get smacked while they're flailing in it. Don't put yourself in that place where either with them, where either their bullying or their victim space ends up rolling out onto you and putting you in a position to do the labor around it. Okay, so that that's the the best it can do in in others. Okay, where this information is really valuable is on yourself, because on yourself is where you have power. You have power on yourself in the moment to create change. So recognizing this pattern in yourself is really valuable, and so that's really the most powerful choice that that this whole hour is really about is learning to recognize yourself in that bully victim pattern and so you would do it in this way i have been practicing doing it in this way as i've been watching this happening um so first thing would be to notice where where are those places in me um Particularly if you lay down your politics, your righteous positions, all the things you're certain you know are true, you lay all that down and you, you're honest with yourself and say, yeah, that response is pretty victim-y. That is a really victim-y place that I go to in that situation. So you've identified that part of the bully-victim loop. And so it's kind of like from that victim place, you sort of look up you know, from flailing around on the floor, right? You look up across your life and go, okay, who is the correlating bully? You know, who who is the partner? Who is the bully partner of this victim in my own life, in my own behavior, right? Okay, so you recognize your bully that goes with this particular victim. And then you can ask yourself, okay, given this bully, What is the insecurity, no matter how justified I feel in this insecurity, but what is the insecurity that is underneath this bullying? You know, what insecurity am I protecting? What insecurity do I not have to look at because I move into this bullying behavior? Now, for those of you that journey, each of these steps could be a journey question. It's not going to be easy journeys, 
you're going to have to work hard to see what you don't want to see. Um, you know, what would I see if I wasn't afraid? What would I see if I wasn't in denial? You may have to say that in the middle of your journeys, but you can journey about it. It's possible. So then after you see the insecurity that is under the bullying, then you have to choose to open to the level of shadow transformation that will end this insecurity once and for all. And for all of us to do that level of shadow transformation that is lasting and true, we need to ask for help. And so I invite you with this little tidbit of juicy information to choose to move your goal for your healing from what makes you personally feel better to doing what allows you to become the person who is offering their piece of medicine for the new world. So thank you everyone for listening to me here today. I give gratitude to the ancestors who've gathered around us, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. And I want to remind you one more time, Energy Body Mastery goes live for seven weeks. It's a seven-week live online course on September 3rd, 2019. And you can go to energybodymastery.com and register there. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week.